here it is. The greatest advance in television since color television itself. Okay, boys, here we go. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Not A Bomb Watches, Cowboy Bebop. This is episode number nine, and I am one of your hosts, Brad Anderson. And with me, as always, is the man who loves Elvira's rapping, Troy Sauer. Troy, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk about tonight's episodes, So, uh, and I'm in full Halloween mode. I mean, we're we're literally days away. Days. Days away. I took away. my kids trick-or-treating tonight. Yes. Prior to this, they were trick-or-treating at the zoo. Oh, so, so excited. So excited. My favorite oh, time. Gosh. Yes. Uh, also with me is the one person who actually likes Halloween kills. Sammy from the GTTMC. <laughs> Sammy, how are you, sir? Cream cheese does oh. tonight. Oh boy. <laughs> I've got, I've got two people on this podcast with me that have extreme takes. One likes Elvira's rapping. The other one likes Halloween Kills. I, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I'll let it slide tonight, but boy, hey, woo-wee. I stand by my comment. She puts out a rap album. I'm buying that sucker. Mm. Everybody has a vice. Yes. Yep. Sure, sure. Yep. Uh, before we dive into the topic at hand, did you all watch the trailer for uh, Cowboy Bebop and, and see the live action trailer? What did we think? Yeah, I watched it like nine times. I'm yeah, I so need to, excited. I need to, like, right in my veins. Like, put it right in my veins. Shoot it up in me. I need it. Yes. I think it looks amazing. I'm I'm total agreement with you. It, it nails everything. In that trailer, I got a glimpse of the things that I've liked about this series so far. Just live action. And uh, I got to say, there are some impressive um edits and scene changes i mean that session zero was fantastic i thought that was a lot of fun but even in a traditional uh trailer there's some really great cinematography in this thing do we think i liked it as well do we think i don't know if we've ever talked about this maybe we did via text because we do that a lot (laughs) probably um we were doing it a lot just a little while ago at least three of us were i think troy was busy at the time um do we think it's one story arc or do we think it's going to be like the, the animated show and kind of mix and match every now and then? I don't know. I'd kind of like them to do something different, you know, like do maybe that story arc, the one story arc and, and, and do it that way. I've got the anime. Let's do something different. Like let's put these characters that I've learned to come and love, but like, let's do a different adventure. Let's do something different. Um, yeah, I get yeah. The, I get the feeling it's not only because I I think I'm seeing characters because now we've watched what 16 episodes total. Is that right? Uh, 18. 18. OK, so we've watched 18 episodes in total and I'm seeing elements from the 18 episodes which had different stories or different villains, etc. So it it feels like um, there's going to be a story arc, but it also feels like it has very much its own like an episode could stand on its own. 
But yeah. who, who knows? With modern television, you can't tell anymore because I, I feel like modern television is all built on one big story arc and it's got to end in a cliffhanger. Yeah, we got to have a season two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, the, the, the playing around with panels and some of the things they do makes me think they might play around with storylines and makes me think that might happen. I still think there might be an overall arc, though, because I, I would be, it would be risky to be like the anime in modern times. I don't think people want that from their television. They want a six to 12 episode series, one story. And you're right. They want a cliffhanger. People want yep. cliffhangers. Yep. How many seasons I, I've, do you I've think been, it's going to last? I mean, if it's successful and, and Netflix sees an increase in, in subscribers, I mean, it could go on for a while. It's hard to say though, because they will pull the trigger on a show quickly. <laughs> if they see no one's watching, but this is one of the probably I can't remember a show that has been more hyped than this one. Mandalorian. Um, I'm talking about just Netflix oh. specifically. Um, I mean, maybe like Stranger Things season two. Yeah, um, that's a big one with I know with kids, especially my son's age. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they even but, play trailers for that at movie theaters. Yeah. Stranger Things. So oh, yeah. Huge. Yeah. House of Cards was pushed pretty hard. But of yeah, course, that's right. That was thing. like their first big one, I think, yeah. right? Um, yeah. And that first season's great. Uh, obviously, I, I bowed out. And then, of course, everybody bowed out after some <laughs> things went down. But It's funny that you say that. You look at the uh, icon for House of Cards now, you ain't going to see uh, Spacey on that thing at all. It is, no. it is no, nowhere to be found. Um, I looked for the budget for the for the uh, episodes and stuff. And Netflix is really good about not letting any of that stuff out, how much they spend. Um, <clears throat> Cause like HBO, you'll hear like, Oh, they spend, you know, on one, on the battle of the bastards, it was like $50 million for one episode. You're like, Oh my gosh. Um, here you're not getting anything. So it's hard to say how much money they're spending, but the show looks pretty impressive. Like Troy was saying, even the camera work and, I mean, even if you're looking at music and all that, so they're they're doing a lot. So I, I'm, they're spending some money. I, yeah. I will. I'm. I hope. I hope it catches. I hope it's lightning about. Everybody loves it. I am afraid we're going to get one season. The pro, I, I I would agree with you because I think people. I think if this is most people's. It's either this or Dragon Ball Z are the animes that got people into anime. Um. Because I, I, I think this one is approachable to a point. Um, and you're going to have a lot of backlash if it goes against what people think it should be. Um, well, that and for the mainstream audience, I, I think this is, uh, this is Buckaroo Banzai, Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. I, 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 I know there's a following for it and everything else, but I just feel, based on the trailer, it looks just quirky enough that it's pulling from the anime from an adaptation standpoint but it's going to be its own thing and i would love for main street audiences to get it i mean i, I told you what tabitha said about that lost sessions trailer uh she goes that's the best trailer i've ever seen so i'm i hope everybody feels that way but i also feel that there's enough of a gap in quirkiness for for this product that um it won't catch on and and we'll be talking about this in years and going oh my god do you remember that TV series. I hope I'm totally wrong, but I just get that vibe from this. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I mean, it's really up in the air. All I know is, you know, I've watched a few Netflix series in my day. I've watched a few originals 
that they've actually financed, they are not afraid to throw some money at some things. <laughs> and they're not, like Brad said, they're not afraid to cancel it too. If it's yeah, they're not sign. afraid to just cut their I mean, losses. Just, they're ruthless. I mean, they're, yeah. they're just ruthless. I mean, they're the, they might be the most ruthless, most ruthless studio. That was easy for me to say working right now. Yeah. I, uh, I just, I, I think their business model is it's just, so they have a lot of cash being infused into the business, but I don't think their profit margins are all that great. And so the first sign of trouble, like to Brad's point, if they look at a product and it's not increasing subscription service, they move on to the next thing quickly because they have, they have to find that. And they yeah. have the numbers. I mean, they know, like they could tell the second you turn off an episode of television. And if it's like, you know, second episode, 10 minutes in, everyone's turning off. They're like, Oh, this is bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they know they have all that data. Um, I'd love to see that data, but anyway, we are here <laughs> to talk about, I know, give me the data, <laughs> give me all that big data. Um, let me put that in my power BI. Mm. Ooh, I, uh, anyway. I love power BIs. Go ahead. Yeah, no. uh, <laughs> we're not here to talk about power BI. We're going to talk uh, about SAS VA now. Ooh, yeah. Tableau. You want to talk about some Tableau? Oh, God. Don't start uh, with the Tableau. <laughs> ooh. Uh, we're here to discuss session 17, Mushroom Samba, and session number 18, Speak Like a Child. Um, the quick synopsis for Mushroom Samba. Uh, I like to call this episode Fear and Loathing in Cowboy Bebop. Um, knocked off course by a hit and run, the very hungry members of the out-of-fuel Bebop find themselves crash-landed and in Ein go to look for food and instead come across a mushroom-selling drug dealer, Dynamo Walker. <laughs> While apprehending him for the bounty, she tests the mushrooms out on the rest of the crew, making for a psychedelic episode. Sammy, I will start with you. Give me your initial thoughts on Mushroom Samba. Uh, this is an, I didn't know what to expect of this episode. I know Troy had watched it before I did, and he had kind of sent us the the ominous text of I don't know what to say or I don't know what to think or I have so many thoughts or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, well, this must be an interesting episode. It's either going to be completely wacky or maybe it's going to be incredibly powerful. Because you can read that text either way. Yep. Um, it definitely leans into the wacky. Uh, <laughs> uh, in an interesting way, though, um, I thought after about two minutes on this planet, I was going to be irritated with Ed and Ayn and this planet and everything that was going on. So I got a visitor here <laughs> with, a, with a sword, even. Um <laughs> <laughs> looks almost looks like a real sword on the camera there. Um, <laughs> I got two visitors. Um, the, the, the planet I thought was kind of barren. I thought, okay, we're getting a Mad Max type thing here. Maybe. But what we end up getting is this weird, almost black exploitation episode mixed in with psychedelics. And... I, I came away from this thing kind of loving this episode <laughs> because out of all the wacky episodes of the show, this is my favorite of the wacky ones. Yeah. Um, because it's very creative. It's violent. Uh, I know it's not popular to say you love violence, but I do. And in, in my entertainment, it is what it is. Um, 
And I got a sword fight going on outside of the store. Right here, so I apologize. Speaking, for any, speaking of any, violence, speaking yeah. of violence, and my, and my kids obviously love violence too. Um, but this this one kind of speaks to me because if anybody's listened to me over the years, I'm a huge fan of black exploitation films. I'm a huge fan of spaghetti westerns. There's a spaghetti western vibe in here as well. Uh, this episode almost feels almost. Like, if they'd have put Jet Black on that planet with Ayn, this would have been, like, the Sammy episode. <laughs> uh, because they put him, they, you know, they put him in this world. That's the world I, I'd want to hang out in. The exploitation, shiitake mushroom drug dealers, and people carrying coffins, violence, just overall general craziness. And I kind of walked away. I, I just kind of, when the episode was over, I just kind of had this huge smile on my face. I was like, well, that's that's one of that's one of the that has to be the best kind of non sequitur episode for me out of all the ones we've watched. And there's been some good ones, but this one is it doesn't really continue. It continues the arc only in that they are together for a little bit and they got to get some food and then they make the nice pun at the end with all the shiitake uh, stuff and they complain. But what I I think this one does, this one might nail the comedy violence kind of creative aesthetic that I like the most about the show. And also it gives the animators a chance to kind of just go bonkers with the psychedelics. Yeah. Which I'm also a huge fan of. So uh, mushrooms. Yeah. You like mushrooms? Like tripping on some some mushrooms? <laughs> like bush light apple, evidently. Mm, yes. Oh yeah, that's yeah, boy. I'm trip I'm tripping right now, but it's <laughs> not the way you think. <laughs> uh no, I I just I think it was a. Uh, it was everything I wanted in a good way. And I was really concerned because I never know when one of us texts each other. I never know because we're, we're all sort of ominous with our thoughts. We don't really share our thoughts until all of us see something. We don't really kind of, you know, jump in there and really start saying what we really think until we all see something. That might be because Brad slapped our hand that one time. Oh, he, he like, slapped hard, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My pimp hand is strong. Yeah. It was, and uh, but we've managed to kind of not talk about the. We don't talk for those who don't know. We don't talk about the episodes in any near detail before we record. It's so, we and that's so hard to do, especially when you is. watch one. So it is, it is, and uh, this one I walked away with. It's like, it's like, it's like taste like seeing an hors d'oeuvre, and you think that's got to be terrible, and then tasting it and be like, that is the greatest piece of food I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's weird though because it doesn't really feel like a tier one episode to me. It feels, still feels like a tier two, but it. Uh, I think I've come to this psychological break where anything that doesn't kind of forward momentum the story of getting to what really happened to Spike and everybody, I, I think I've kind of somehow mentally segregated those two types of shows. And tier two is anything that doesn't move that forward. Tier one is the heavy drama getting to what that flashback is all about. So I really liked it. I like the title. I like the characters. The female character is sexy. She's like sexy Cleopatra. Yeah, this is this is a Foxy, weird, maybe Foxy Brown. It's maybe? Foxy Brown all yeah. through, through, man. I'm just in a giving mood lately. I mean, I like Halloween kills. Maybe. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't know how you guys feel about it because, you know, because we don't know yet. But I mean, this just it just speaks to me. It kind of hits all those little little points that I like to I like those points to be rubbed. That sounded kind of that sounded kind of nasty, didn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah. Really? Like, okay. Rub my point. Rub my points. <laughs> <laughs> rub my points all over your spreadsheet. <laughs> uh, Troy, uh, why don't you give us your uh, initial thoughts on this episode? Yeah. So because I, I will tell you, this was the one I kind of had circled. So you had circled proceed. why? For for you. For me? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so here's the thing. We, we, we get some individual episodes concentrating on Jet and then Faye. And, you know, we, Spike's story has been hinted at, at a, uh, for some, you know, big chunks of episodes. And so this is the Ed and Ein episode. And you pick up on that rather quickly, right? So I watched it and as soon as it was over i i i don't know why but i'm like wait a second to sammy's point i got a a black exploitation riff mixed with some spaghetti western and some interesting animal humor which i thought was hilarious <laughs> oh yeah right up my alley hop and ein Yes. It is my favorite thing in the world right now. After Ayn ate that mushroom and starts hopping, I was in tears. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, the giant t- toilet didn't do it for you guys? The big giant toilet? Well, yeah. I mean, every every time they ate a mushroom and you see this, you know, Spike going up this stairway to heaven, talking to a frog and just walking the, on stairs. And When they show what actually Spike is doing on that ladder, it gets me every time. Just well, and Faye just standing ladder. in the bathroom acting like she's swimming. There's some great comedy to it. And, uh, you know, <laughs> the cow and I'm like, thank you. And the cow's like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> so <laughs> this, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going through this episode and I'm like, wait a minute. Did somebody get in my head and go, <laughs> Troy would really like this. Let's put this in there because I'm, I'm watching all of this and I'm like, okay, to Sammy's point, I'm like, they're, they're hitting everything. And, but they're doing it with a character that out of the gate I just did not like and have come to really appreciate. And the comparison to the other episodes is with you know the face centric one or the jet centric one. You get a lot of backstory about the you know their characters. With Ed, there's no backstory. It's Ed and Ayn on an adventure, and this is not a deep episode whatsoever. It is very much going, hey, what does Troy like? Well, let's put that on screen and animate it and try and put it together. And I don't know about you, but I'm I'm getting all of the these like um, you got this bounty hunter. It looks like Pam Greer. You got the her name, uh, her name is Coffee, which is yes. A there you go. Black exploitation film. Yep. that Pam Greer starred in. Was the, that uh, Shaft? Is the other one? Um, yeah. Who? So you get a Shaft and Django reference. Is that there. Jack? Did Jack Hill do Coffee? Is that a Jack Hill? I yeah, f- I think so. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So you you get all of that, and then. The last, I don't know, five minutes basically turn into the Cannonball Run, which mm-hmm. <laughs> I was really appreciating big time. Um, and then you, I, I don't know. So after after you get done with this, that's when I kind of tested. I'm like, man, I don't know what I think about this because this to me went in a total left field because to Sammy's point, you always get these wacky episodes but this one was super wacky and it felt like for all of the people who like cult cinema, this was just going through the checklist and doing that. And so my initial reaction was, are we pandering to a particular crowd and doing it? 
But then when I take a step back and I'm like, yeah, but I had a lot of fun during that one. So I went back and watched it again and really enjoyed it. And uh, to Sammy's point, I, I think it's a tier one episode, but it surprises me. I, I, you know, here's the thing. It surprises me time and time again where this series goes. And I'm, I would have never expected this episode um, to, to just show up. I would have expected little references. I mean, you know, you get a John Woo reference or El Mariachi reference here and there and ocean. I mean, it's pulling from pop culture, but I would have never figured it would have just fired on all cylinders like this and made it work. Uh, and again, represent something that if you, if you know, this thing were playing on a weekly basis and you just jumped in on this episode and didn't see anything else, it'd be perfectly fine. And I think you would get a sense of, you know, these characters relationships. Um, the only drawback is I, I still don't, I'm, I'm to the point where I like Ed and I think he's funny. And I love that whole sequence with him and I, and just on the road, I, I thought it was, funny. Uh, she's funny. sorry, she's funny. Um, I, I like that whole sequence, but I still don't know anything about Ed, uh, is the, on, is the only thing that I was kind of hoping there would be something there. Um, but outside of that, I mean, it, it's a really fun episode. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> I, I, I think I say this a lot, but this is one of my favorite episodes. Uh, They're all your favorite it, uh, episodes, Brad. <laughs> I know, I know. But this one is just so weird. But it, it's like this weird amalgamation of all these things that shouldn't work well together, but they yeah. do. Um, the the black exploitation characters that you get, the spaghetti western influences, um, the Hunter S. Thompson sort of esque. Uh, psychedelics of it it just all really works well and it makes for a fun episode that you know yeah doesn't really move our story along very well but it's just stupid enough that you're like man that was awesome and like troy as soon as it was over i just kind of went back and watched some of the parts again um i could watch i could watch spike Climb that ladder forever. <laughs> I don't know why I think that's so funny, but it's, and then the frog, and but I, I wanted to ask you all. Um, Troy, you're saying like, oh, this isn't very deep and stuff, but they they all have these moments while they're in their states of psychedelica or psychedelia, um, and you know, Jet or uh, Spike is doing the kind of the stairway to heaven. The 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 infinite staircase. Um, Faye is doing the drowning by the big toilet water. And then um, Jed is essentially talking to his plants. Um, do we think those have any sort of meanings? Um, I think Faye's is pretty easy. Like she's drowning in all that debt that she has. Maybe that's kind of how I always interpret it. I think Jed, uh, Spikes is kind of his slowly plotting death of, you know, just because we, I think it's coming, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure um, if you all picked up on that, but you know, his just where he's going in this story. And then uh, with Jed, it's like, maybe he had all these friends when he was in a police officer and he can't, he doesn't really have friends anymore. He kind of has kids and he doesn't have these conversations with, um, kids he used to be more of a fun loving guy than he is now um, so it, I mean it does have its moments it also shows us that 
why we have bounty hunters because the cops in this uh, show are pretty incompetent. They're cops from the eighties. Like they can't do anything. So that's why we have to have bounty hunters. Um, I, I, you know, the moment they open it, they open up the trunk and uh, Ed and I are laying in the back and she's like, Whoa, I have no idea how they got there. Like it's, it's funny. Uh, it rings a little differently in 2021 with police and, and uh, black people, but you know, that's just one of those things. Um, but you know, whatever, it, it's fun. This is a fun episode. Um, again, it's, it's somehow in those 15 that are in my top five, but you know, whatever it's, so. it, it is. I mean, it's, it's just, it's not deep. I mean, I, when you could sit down and kind of go, well, what does it mean for jet to talk to the plants and then end up with phase lipstick all over his face? I mean, I'm sure there's something there, but I never got the tone of the episode to go deep at any point. It was very much like Faye was spending time in the bathroom and she may be drowning in debt, but it's all those fish, you know, fish that are going by her and she's just swimming. I mean, she's basically just doing this aerobic in the bathroom and I never got the sense she was drowning, but just kind of swimming around with all this fish and you know, from Spike's perspective, I just got, he's, you, you, how do I say this? The visions seem to fit their personalities. I get that, but I, I think it's played more for comedy. Um, I never got anything more ominous out of it. And again, it's just an example of where I feel like you get a couple of episodes and then all of a sudden they go, there's going to be something there just under the surface but it's time to have fun. I mean, it, 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 this, this series is pure jazz, right? You never know where it's going to go. It's going to change tempo. It's going to do everything else. So this is visual jazz. Um, and that's what I love about this series so far. Uh, and I, I love that it's always surprising me. Now I know, you, you know, my question to you, Brad is for Sammy and I, we're kind of blown away by like, how are they putting this all together? And it works and it's fun, et cetera. But when you go and see it two or three times in the context of the big story after you watch everything, you know, maybe it means more. I don't know. Right now, I just get the, I, I will say this. I'm so excited to go back and watch this series again after I see everything and try and put it together because I feel like this series strength is it's going to give you some information towards the back end that all of a sudden is going to accentuate or make you enjoy some of the earlier episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, just think about I mean, it was something small. But, um, you know, they introduced Red Eye that first episode. They don't talk about Red Eye again until, I think, episode 13. Um, it's just one of those small things. And they do that in this show. Um, so you'll see that again. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, one of the best things that it does is kind of plants the seeds early on. You kind of forget about them. And then later on, it's like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I kind of completely forgot about that. Um, the... Uh, Going to say something profound, I promise, but I completely forgot. <laughs> uh, Sammy, do you have any other thoughts or anything like that? Uh, coming off of that profound moment. I, I know, I know. It completely <laughs> left my mind. No, I, I I think we need to, you know, we definitely need to address too. We, we talked about all the influences here, but there's definitely, and I said a little bit, but there's definitely a heavy Road Warrior 2 vibe at the back end of this. See, yeah. I, got, I got Cannonball Run, not Road Warrior. Yeah, that's not true. You didn't. <laughs> I, I did. I, I'm sitting there. I'm like, 
it, this is so to, to me, the difference between road warrior, uh, in a cannonball run is the comedy aspect of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I that felt the Dom DeLuise laugh. That, that. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, if they threw that in, I would have been like, this is the greatest episode of TV ever. If, if, uh, I don't know, captain chaos showed up, I would have been like, I'm not watching anymore. I'm stopping right here and I will never watch anymore except this episode because it's perfect. But the swan yeah. song. Yeah. yeah. Go on. Okay. Road I, warrior. I just, I still think though that, this show does a really good job of mixing its influences and kind of at the same time, it is both riffing on things. It kind of does what uh, Tarantino does that I like. He he obviously borrows, to use an appropriate word, but he borrows and yet makes it his own. Uh, Scorsese does that as well. If you If you know enough about film history, it's always funny to me. Tarantino gets a lot of blame for that. Scorsese was doing it. 20 years before <laughs> De Palma was doing it 20 years before. Uh, if you know enough movies, you know that they all, they all do funny. it. Yeah. yeah. Because they have to, the only people that are ever, the only originals are the guys that started the damn business. Really? It's like, it's like music, man. There's only, only 12 notes. Right. A man can play. It's like the, uh, the music great, for all, but not just one people. Yeah. I think so. Or it's the great velvet underline kind of uh, velvet underline velvet underground legend that, that only 5,000 people bought that first record, but all 5,000 people started a band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were like, well, I can do this. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, stuff came from that. Um, but I just, I, I, I don't really have much more to say other than it's, it was just incredibly fun. And I, I don't know if it was something I needed at the moment that I watched it. I probably did, to be honest with you, the day I watched it. But um, I just had a really good time with it. I like the way it it honors its influences because that's what I think the show does. Mm-hmm. It definitely it doesn't you know it doesn't. Uh, I don't I don't know. I guess I guess you could say I guess homage is is the same as honoring. Paying homage is the same as honoring. I guess. But I like that. I like that, and I never know what I'm going to see. I know that I'm always going to see something I know about, which I find interesting, which tells me that I don't know how old the creator is, but I have to believe he can't be too much older than Troy and I, or around the same age. Yep. I don't know. <clears throat> I could be wrong about that completely. I've never really done any true research. <laughs> there, uh, I, don't, I don't do true research on somebody until I see the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Kind of weird that way. I don't know why I do that. But. There's so many also like references to Led Zeppelin in this episode. It's really weird. Uh, the restaurant they go to, I think is called Moby Dick, which there's a Led Zeppelin song called Moby Dick. Obviously there's a stairway to heaven. Um, Domino Walker. There's actually a Jimmy page song from mm-hmm. some point in time called Domino. Um, and I read somewhere too, that it was Walker, Texas Ranger. So it's a combination of Domino and Walker. Walker told me I have AIDS. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, so, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, I, again, I think this, this episode is just, it's weird. It might be the weirdest one we've seen so far. And that's saying a lot. It is It is the weirdest episode we've seen so far. I, th- I think that's why I liked it. You know, I, I, I tend to be a champion for things that are odd. And uh, that is the best way to describe this episode. It's an odd one. Yeah, hey, it made, it, made, it caught me off guard. It really did. I, it was odd, but I, I think what caught me off guard was, again, goes back to your point, Sammy, it, ha- it just went through the checklist of all the things I love. And I'm like, how do you put that all together? And it did. 
and and I love the fact that Ed was experimenting on them. Like he saw <laughs> Ayn take that mushroom and he's like, hold on a second. And he puts a plate out with a mushroom and each one takes it and he's watching. He's like, oh yeah, these are bad mushrooms. <laughs> I mean, I, I, there, there is a little bit of, um, I don't know if, what would Ed, what would Ed be? Would she be like chaotic neutral or something? If you were to put her in like a Dungeons and Dragons class for getting really nerdy. I mean, she's, she's really enduring, but I love the fact that her primary focus I think in this relationship between the crew is to add some chaos into it. Oh, she's an agitator for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely an agitator. <clears throat> One of those ones that's in a washer it just kind of goes like this. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just spinning things around. Yeah. Just shaking things back and forth. Yeah. She's, she, she seems to be, and it kind of comes back to the first time we met her. She seems to want to be, or maybe not want to be, maybe she needs to be kind of this uh, puppet master or this Wizard of Oz type character that's kind of behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, absolutely. She likes, likes to manipulate. Um, not in a bad way, but they're just, there's some manipulation there. Well, well can we say that you also, also like a... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, the other thing that surprised me is Ayn ends up being... The other thing I liked about this episode is Ayn is really smart. I mean, they're questioning who did what and then all of a sudden phase guy go to the bathroom and Ayn grabs the box you start you start to really understand how smart Ayn is you know so th- when Ayn gets introduced it it's like a not a is it genetically altered or something of that nature something like that yeah yeah and you re- you really see how much Ayn or under- genetically enhanced or yeah something you, like you that, really yeah. see how uh, I guess how much that story arc plays out in this episode because Ayn and Ed together I mean they make a great duo and I, I, w- I hope there's another ep- I hope there's another Ein Ed episode, honestly, because it, it was a lot of fun. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I can't I don't know. I really want to make sure we don't lose sight that Ein is as much of a star in this thing as everybody else, which was which yeah. was awesome to see. Yeah. 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 I, I just wanted to mention when it was it was funny, the the day I kind of rewatched this one is the day the trailer came out and it for the live action. And it got me thinking, it's like, if they do like a one-to-one, how in the world do they do this episode in the live action? Like this one is going to be one of the ones where you're like, okay, I, I want to see how they do session 17 and how they pull that off. Cause if they could pull off this episode, then they've, they've done it. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how psychedelics and all that stuff is going to play now. I think this is one they're going to skip over and go. Nope. Yeah. It's too weird. It kind of goes back to our original part of the conversation in the opening. I kind of, I mean, my vibe is they're going for their own thing. And I don't think we'll see a lot of the kind of pop culture influence. I don't think we'll see. I don't know if we'll see that. I mean, is it, (laughs) I mean, it's definitely not not as note for note as we see it in the animated show. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I think you're right. Yeah. Is Django a pop culture reference? Well, it was at one point. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, now it's only a pop culture reference for old men. Yeah, <laughs> like, if you like spaghetti <laughs> westerns from nineteen sixty, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like saying the name Lee Van Cleef, people are like, "Who? Huh? Mm-hmm. Yep, sure, sure, old man." <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dad. Uh, does anyone else have anything else to say about this one? Because I really, really want to talk about the next one. Yeah. No. 
Shiitake. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, love, I love saying that word. Shiitake because you feel like you're getting away with something. Yeah. When you were a kid, like you found out the word shiitake and you're like, hey, mom, shiitake. <laughs> mushroom, mushroom, mushroom. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Session 18. Speak like a child. The synopsis for this episode goes like this. A mysterious package comes for Faye with a beta cassette. While Faye runs, thinking it would be from a debt collector, Jed and Spike undertake uh, a search for a player to view it. They find it's a clue to Faye's past. Uh, Troy, let's start with you this time. What are your initial thoughts on Speak Like a Child? Uh, so. Speaking uh, from... Did you ever have a beta? Were you a beta guy? No, uh, VHS. Oh, so okay. Yeah. Because I know you backed uh, HD DVD there for a while. So. I'm, hey, I'm still hoping for a comeback. <laughs> I know. I've seen your collection. Um, some of our, you know, the people who raised us kind of influenced kind of who we are. Troy talks about his dad quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, my mom and dad were big buffs as well. And we did have a beta before we had a VHS. Oh, and uh, beta was a superior format, and actually, I believe HD DVD was the superior format before. Yes, blue caught on, but yeah. Por- pornography didn't back that train. Yeah. So that's right, and yeah. pornography didn't back beta either. Beta, back- yeah, that's, that's where technology, wherever that goes, technology goes. Yeah, you just sit back and wait, and wait <laughs> to see who porn picks. <laughs> yep, <laughs> pick me, pick me. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so Troy, continue. Yeah, so uh, I guess a little bit of backstory. So I watched the. Um, Ed and Ayn episode and was like, okay, I got, I got to go back and see this again. And it was a lot of fun. And then I came across this one and this one, I, I was sitting there going, I really like it, but there's something gnawing at me with it. It wasn't a bad thing. I, I don't know how you guys um, take to media like shows, movies, something, Sometimes you watch it and you know that there's something else there, but you can't put your finger on it. I don't know if you ever had that experience. And so I I sit down. I'm like, okay, well, time to go to bed, blah, 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 unwind. And part of my routine is I'm always reading something. And I'll go back and forth between a comic book to uh, something that I'm supposed to read for like macroeconomics or, you know, adverse risk selection or, and then uh, that night. Can you say that? Can you say that in a deeper voice? Slow it down. down. Oh, sorry. Um, (laughs) Power BI. (laughs) Tableau. Yeah. With this video and audio and all these fancy economic terms you're really okay. taking it a step too far sorry, sorry, tell sorry. me about your economies of scale oh god stop <laughs> um so that night i happened to be like lunch. i'm like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna continue with this book radical acceptance and then uh it, it's buddhist right so and then it hit me holy shit this is to me like one of the most buddhist inspired episodes out there. Um, and I may be totally off on this and it could be one of those things where I'm reading too much into it. And I'm, I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, wait a second, there's, there's like three universal truths in, in Buddhism. One of them is, um, nothing is lost in the universe. The second is everything changes. And then the third, the law of cause and effect. And this episode 
Wait a minute. Wait, you forgot about the fourth law, which is Halloween Kills is actually okay. Yeah. <laughs> Shut <laughs> your mouth. That is not. The Buddhism would actually, never. Actually, I think number four is evil dies tonight. <laughs> yeah. That one evil might be. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, I, I kind of went and looked that up. I'm like, wait a second. Because I, I, I feel like this episode is really, like really trying to say something. And so what it, was the first one again? Um, nothing is ever lost in the universe. And uh, the beta, the, the beta, right? Yep. Um, and then the second thing is everything changes. Because uh, I, I mean, you know, not not to get too philosophical, but that's always the constant pain of the human condition is you're always wanting to hold on to a moment. And, you know, the problem is the moment is always fleeting. Yep. So um, and then yep. the laws of cause of, and effect, I mean, they're, they're just always there. So. To me, this was a great story because Faye obviously is probably, in my opinion, one of the best characters, if not the best character of the series because of um, her her backstory, how she acts, where she's going. Very unpredictable yet predictable. And so when I watch this whole thing, I'm like, I, I feel that itch that was kind of clawing on my brain. It, it felt like, okay, this episode is is the most Buddhist episode <laughs> out of the 18 that we've seen so far because it's touching on all those elements. Um, and I, I got, so I got that out of this episode. And then the other thing I got out of this episode was, um, Holy cow, this is what would have happened to me if I didn't meet tabs, I'd be owning a shop collecting VHS and beta tapes and laser disc yeah. and yeah. freaking out when yeah, people's we- like smoking in there. <laughs> we have the, uh, the dormant format, uh, shop down the corner. Yeah, because yep, I, I, I'm looking at my basement going, between the HD DVDs, the Laserdisc, the VHS, and everything else, I'm going to turn into this guy if I didn't have Tabitha <laughs> um, to to keep that part of me at bay. But no, I mean, that, that was my reaction to it. It it really... Keep that mouth breather at bay. <laughs> yes. It, it, it really affected me. Um, it, it just, you, know, you, know, you know what I really related to? It's going to sound childish and everything else. Yeah. But when you kick in that beta machine, I really felt like that character is like... <gasps> <laughs> yeah. what are you doing no <laughs> I, so we talked about this on the elvira episode there's a sequence where the guy like tears up a spider-man comic and i every time i audibly gasped and when yeah. he's kicking that beta machine i'm like oh, no <laughs> like, what are you doing or when spike puts the cigarette out i'm like dude get out of that store i mean but um for those of us who are old enough to remember beta had a, a really sharp picture for a tape yeah it did uh it, it doesn't compare to dvd even but much better than VHS, and it really is a shame. And it would—it was much more convenient. The cases were better. Everything was better about it. It just again, VHS was cheaper, and everybody just jumped on that bandwagon. That's all. It well, took. porn, yeah, porn. <laughs> porn jumped on that. But no, that 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 was the thing. I I don't know what it was about this, but it did a money shot all over VHS. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it. Uh, I know Sammy talks about some of the episodes with Jet Black, et cetera, that just really hit. And, and maybe it's because I'm starting to really, um, I don't know, just um, imprint on Faye's character to a certain degree. You can say you're the, you're the Faye of the group. I'm the Faye of the group. But um, yeah, I just that this, this one was just like, holy cow. I, 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 and I don't know if that's the intention. Like, I don't know if the writer or the director was looking at this and just saying, hey, um, let's let's get a little zen with this thing or, or let's illustrate um, some of the, the universal truths, but man, if, if I were teaching a Buddhist class, I'd be like, Hey, let's watch this episode of Cowboy Bebop. 
I, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because I never would have picked up on that. But once you started saying those, I immediately knew exactly the connections you were making. So mm. <laughs> it's hard not to believe that it's not there. But um, before we get too far, Sammy, what are your initial thoughts? I didn't, I didn't get as deep <laughs> as Troy did. It really came down to beta versus VHS and 20 minutes. I debated, <laughs> I debated, should I go out there and try to collect beta tapes? <laughs> yes, you should. I think you should. You know, as a hobby, as you guys know, I sometimes pick strange things to collect. And uh, like right now, I'm collecting all the Savage Sword of Conan uh, trade paperbacks. And yeah. even though I, I own most of the issues, matter of fact, you can see a comic book box right there on mm -hmm. camera. Yeah. That's yeah. One, of, one of many I have. And there's a lot of Savage Swords of Conan in there. But um, I, I often look for things that are, uh, I think, shared. I, I think Troy and I share this a little bit. But yeah. I often look for things that nobody else would probably collect. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, You're like a preserver that way, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's one of your... An archaeologist, some might say. Yes. Yeah. With his sack. <laughs> yeah. That's why, I, that's why I'm podcasting in a storage room. That's exactly the reason <laughs> that it's all happening. This is where all my stuff is. <laughs> It's still in boxes. Um, One day when we have to help Sammy move out of his house, he's like, no, don't touch that. Don't move that there. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. Yep, I, got it. I got player it. Over there. I never used it. I haven't used it in 20 years. Don't touch it. The stack of newspapers, I promise I'm going to use it one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I, I did have, I didn't have, I really didn't have that deep meaning uh, experience with it. Uh, but again, that that's, that's a very interesting take. And I see every point Troy is making. For me, this episode is is good. Um, it's a it's an interesting episode. I feel like there was one other episode like this that might involve Spike, and I can't remember which one it was. But this one has the bittersweetness, the kind of melancholy, yeah. kind of bittersweetness that I kind of like that this show kind of gives us every now and then. The dark chocolate, if you will, of uh, of the uh, B Bebop uh, series here. The B Bebop. Sorry, sound like uh, <laughs> Buck Rogers' little robot pal Twiggy there Twiggy. or something for his name. <laughs> um, wow, that was an old man reference. Um, <laughs> that went way that went way over my head. Yeah, I probably did. <laughs> but Aaron Gray, am I oh, right? Boy, <laughs> God, that was my first crush right there. <laughs> yeah, hot hot pants bodysuits. Yeah, that That's white that favorite. white flight suit. Holy cow. Yeah. Listen, listener, ask your dads. Yeah, <laughs> ask your dads, and then don't let him go to the bathroom and lock the door. Yeah, um, the uh, I liked it, it. It still played with everybody's vices here, and again, there's not a lot of Jet Black here, but there's a lot of the moments that I like that he does. He he has this almost caring nature, even though he's being kind of sarcastic and a little aggressive with the he owe me a, you owe me a thousand woolongs, you know those kinds of things, mm -hmm. and. I like his curiosity here. Like he can't let it go. Like Spike's kind of, he's kind of indifferent to the whole thing. Yeah. You know, he, I mean, he thinks it's interesting, but at the same time, he's like, yeah, whatever. Uh, that's, uh, that's actually something Spike does. If Spike's not really the focus. He just seems to be very, very indifferent in an episode. Um, and he's not really the major focus here. Obviously, Faye is. I was really kind of, interested in the VHS uh, oh sorry that's a that was an insult mm. the beta itself uh and the way it was shot and there's there was 
maybe it's because we watched Blair Witch not too long ago. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, and uh, we started talking about found footage horror films and stuff and everything. But, of course, immediately that's what I thought of was horror films. And I thought something ominous or dangerous or scary. The ring? Did you, did you get a ring, ring vibe? Yeah, the ring. <laughs> yeah. Or perhaps perverse might happen because this is uh, Japan, a country that is known for its... Uh, and I don't mean this in a negative way. I seriously don't. But it is a country that is known for uh, a slight amount of perversity. Um, they like that in their entertainment. Um, they like that in their free time. Uh, who doesn't? Come on. Um, I'm drinking a bush apple light. So <laughs> it's perverse. What is more perverse than that? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen tentacles? <laughs> the uh, the um, But I, I liked... So these 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 episodes always kind of build the group together and kind of make them it, it it makes them a family again. And I know we sound a little bit like a broken record, and I don't know how you review television shows without sounding like a broken record in some ways, because really you're watching a a short form piece of entertainment, but it has an overall attachment that makes it this really long, basically film. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 kind of impossible not to keep going back to the same beats. But this is what I have come to coin in my head as the family building episodes. <laughs> these episodes where we see that these characters are caring more and more for each other. It's interesting, 18 episodes in, that we're still finding out things and people are still finding out things. Now, Faye is purposely, purpose, purposely, you know what I mean? <laughs> Jeez. The bush apple light, man. Ooh, stay away Purposely. from those. <laughs> yeah. Porpoisely. Porpoisely. Um, <laughs> she's, she remains uh, mysterious partly by her own nature uh, because she doesn't want anybody to know anything about her, what she does know, but she also doesn't, she doesn't know some things, right? Because we know that from the cryogenic episode. Um, it's a heartbreaking moment in here when she sees herself. Uh. I don't know how many times you guys have watched old videos or old. Uh, well, Brad would probably have more old videos of himself than Troy and I probably would. Uh, we we probably got a few, but it it's obviously kids nowadays. They're going to be able to see like their whole life. Did you all have like is your all on like the real the real? It's a super eight, super eight camera. Yeah. Like Chevy Chase and Christmas Vacation. Yeah, there was some VA. I mean, there's some stuff with me on VHS and stuff out there. I know there's that, but by that time I was already. Uh, mid to high teens before that was really accessible for somebody with our household income. Um, but to there's something kind of poignant and bittersweet about looking back on yourself as a child and kind of having that moment of, and, and maybe this is just me, but that moment of look at the brightness in those eyes and the futures in front of them. They have no idea what it holds. And then and I'm not saying this in a bad way. You get to where I'm at. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds like a terrible story. No wonder I'm drinking Bush Apple. Like <laughs> they, 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 it, you get to where I'm at and you think, okay, well that little kid didn't think he was going to be doing what he's doing for a living. He thought he was going to change the world, but maybe in some weird way, there is some world changing going on. There's certainly a world changing going on for me personally. Yeah. And for my children. Mm-hmm. So it's a microcosm instead of the macro to kind of bring it back to the micro macro conversation. Ooh, speak economics to me. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, 
I don't know. I, I get a lot out of that sensation of seeing that. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I almost teared up during this episode. <laughs> I, I was the same way. I, I, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm tearing up on now. I'm, I'm actually tearing up now talking about it. Well, because I, there's some kind of emotional attachment I get from adults looking back on themselves and wondering when, where did things change? What, what happened in good ways and bad ways. Well, um, I, I, I want to interject. So I, I felt verklempt, I guess, right at the end of it. But that, that's when the itching in the back of my brain, I'm like, man, what, what is going on here? Yeah. But it wasn't until I'm reading this book and it gets to the, it gets to kind of doing a deep dive into the um, everything changes kind of motif. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there there are like three principles or like truce in Buddhism. And so I'm, I'm going back through and I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, it, it's nothing is ever lost in the universe and everything changes in that third one. But when Faye is is looking at that image of herself. This is when I started to tear up. I mean, we're talking like an hour or so after watching that episode. I'm thinking about that scene and going, those two specific universal truths are colliding where Faye is looking at it and just saying that optimism that that little girl is talking about and everything, it's not lost. Like she still has it. She's recognizing that. But at the same time, she's also recognizing to your point, Sammy, look at how much has changed. Like, look at what I am today versus where I was and understanding that breadth of change on yeah. top of the fact that that optimism is not lost. And that's what got me to tear up. Yeah. 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 And then there's the, yeah, the, the added element of she sees herself and she recognizes herself, but she doesn't know a huge chunk. Yeah. Of her time. Well, she, yeah, she doesn't know who that person is. I mean, she knows who that person is, but knows nothing about that person. It's a very Buddhist thing. I mean, yeah. she knows who that person is, but she knows nothing. Exactly. Yeah. It's the most Buddhist episode <laughs> of this entire series. Yeah. Now, now that we're talking about it, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it really is because she, it's like Brad's profound pause earlier. It's a profound moment and really a very deep moment in an animated show. Yeah. Uh, because it, it's cinematic is what it is um, because I think what cinema can do is it can, it can give you a lot with just a look yeah, and a piece of music and lighting, a camera angle. I mean, Brad and I both have both seen Dune. Some of the most powerful moments in Dune, there's no dialogue. Mm -hmm. There's just looks between characters and, and filmmakers who really understand that that you can do so much with just a look and a shot and a moment. Uh, they're few and far between. And it, I'm starting to have this, this real feeling for this creator who, unfortunately I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he understands that those moments, which in an animated show is ridiculous. You don't, you don't expect that in any TV show. It's in any medium. Yeah. I think yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous movie TV yeah. show. What not? And, and Jet and um, Spike go on that journey and end up coming back with a VHS player. Uh, but, it, but at the end of the beta day... Player. Beta, beta player. No, no, no. They, they, no, they, get, oh, they, they, they get, get a VHS, VHS and it doesn't work. So, oh, okay. And then the, the beta is delivered. And the beta is delivered. So, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. There's, well, there's, did, you did you catch that the, 
the the drone well the drone that delivers the package the first time is the hare right and then the second time it's no the tortoise is the first time the hare is the second one so the tortoise beat the hare yeah but yeah so i don't know if you know this i don't know um (laughs) well you know i I just know that uh jeff bezos uh must have seen this you know he wants to deliver packages by drone drone yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i mean it's pretty pro but they also talk about how all their stuff is on disc still so when 2077. Yeah, they got that wrong. So on disc, yeah. But yeah, nobody uh, foresaw, you know, the internet, the or the cloud. They didn't. They they didn't understand the cloud yet. I mean, I'm 48 years old, and I still don't always understand the cloud. (laughs) (laughs) Just there, man. Just there. All this data just out there. But I had a really good time with the episode. It's not a. It's not a fun episode, I would say. It's a it's a deep episode. It's profound. I find it very mm-hmm. profound. Yeah, and, this, and and maybe the most emotional kind of reflective episode. Yeah, of the whole series, really, so yep. far. Yep. <clears throat> to me, this is the episode eighteen episodes in. This is the one that hits the hardest, uh, and I know the exact moment when it does. Jet looks at her and says, hey, if you're not going to pay the money for the COD, you can't watch. And she gets up and she's like, okay, fine. And she starts walking away. And they play that thing. And she hears her own voice as a child and stops. And I remember, like Sammy said, like going through my parents' stuff um, and just like wondering what they had of mine. And you you come across these VHSs and Here's me playing baseball when I was little and here's me doing this. And here's the first time I rode a bike and I'm just like, holy crap, like all this stuff is captured and I can see it, but I know who that person is because I can still kind of remember those moments. I, I remember the first time I rode a bike. I remember um, being on a plane the first time. Like I remember all these moments. Faye doesn't have that. She doesn't know who this person is. Um, and that has like a profound effect on her. And it has a profound effect on anyone. Yeah. And, and and the fact that like she looks at herself and at some point in time that optimism and that innocence was was lost um, because who she is now is is not that person. And you know, I, I think we all have moments in our lives where we are a little bit more hardened because something has happened to us and and you know, maybe a little bit of joy has left our life because of that. Um, uh, mine would be like, I, I, you know, this is going to sound very cliche, but like after nine 11, when I was 18 years old, like that was something that, you know, changed. I think it changed for everybody, but um, be, I remember being in high school and, and watching it that day. And, you know, that had a profound effect. I mean, all these moments in life have these profound effects on us in and, and this episode encapsulates that so well. Um, and I mean, I also love this episode because she bets on horses and I've done that for, I don't know, since I was 18 years old. Um, I used to live about three miles from a racetrack. Um, and I don't know, man, this one is just, this one is the one that will punch you in the face at the end. Like it's weird too. Cause it's like 95% played for comedy you know, they're out looking for this beta and the the store owner is, you know, this guy who, you know, he would be the guy that if you went to the movie theater and 
you're going to see the wrong movie. He would tell you that that's a bad movie. You need to go see this or that. Or he would, you know, talk your ear off about, I don't know, something about Star Wars and mouth breathe the whole time. Um, but you get to the end of it. And when they're watching that movie, and even when they're starting to, you know, they're eating popcorn, they're thinking, oh, this is going to be so entertaining and so this and so that. Then it gets to those girls on screen and you're like, holy crap. Like, this is like Faye finding out that, I, I, I don't know. I could not even describe that feeling of not knowing who you were and seeing yourself as a, I don't know, a 10 to 12 year old girl. Like I, I just, I cannot even, it, but this ep- I'll, begin to explain that. I think again, to, to draw on this whole philosophy thing, this episode does so much demonstrating of people going against those universal truths versus people accepting those universal truths. So think about the guy who's stuck in the shop watching something on VHS executive produced by Shannon Doherty and Jason Priestley. I think if you catch on to that on yes. the credits, yeah, right? It was, it was, yeah. 90210 stuff. <clears throat> yeah. So he's, he's sitting there watching it. So he is fighting against the universal truth of change. Everything changes. He's trying to hold on to that moment and look at what his life is. Right. And then you've got spike and jet going on this journey and they seem to kind of bond even a little bit closer on this journey to get to this beta player. And when they come back, the, the tape won't play in the player. So there's almost a level of disappointment of we went on this journey because we were going to get this, but in the end of the day, we got something totally different. That's telling you what's coming. And then Faye is watching this video of herself and probably has no idea, can't even remember what that girl wanted to be at her time. So to your point, Sammy, like you wanted to change the world. You wanted, I wanted to be a ninja when I was at that age. Right. And I did, I got close, but I'm not a full fledged ninja yet. Um, but there's still time for you, Troy. I know. And I'm still working towards it. I can still be a ghostbuster. But this whole, this whole episode to me is littered of examples of characters fighting against those universal truths, characters who are accepting those universal truths. And then one particular character coming to understand the universal truths. And, and this is a pretty freaking amazing episode. Do you think, do you think if you had the opportunity to understand your universal truth, you would want to know it? I, yeah, I think, I think here's the thing about it. I think everybody wants to know it and you are constantly doing things to try and find it. Mm. You just don't know that you're doing that. So (laughs) that's, but if you knew it, would you do anything anymore? Yeah, see, I, I think I'm with Sammy on that. Yeah, Knowing the I'm, answer would maybe cause me no longer to search. I think I like, this is maybe a profound statement, but I think I like the searching more than the end point. Well, yeah. and that, that's what this episode. You, I, like, I, the jur- you like the journey not more the than destination. the destination. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's the whole point We've of this We've all had that in an office at some point, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, and, and I'm not saying that I want to know the universal truth. It's just... I always want to seek after that truth. The, yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. That, so that's we are on the same page. Yeah. All I right. always like everybody is after it. They don't know it, but you're always after it. Um, yeah. I watched a documentary 
uh, a long time ago. It's an HBO one. It's actually about Elvis Presley, and it's called I think it's called The Searcher uh, about Elvis Presley. And then kind of finding out that he, he they kind of took the angle of one of the reasons why he was so self destructive is is because he was always looking for something. Yeah, and he just never could attain it. And all us, we would think to ourselves, wow, I mean, you had everything. But for him, even, he couldn't find his universal truth, and it turned to destruction. Yes. But it's it's a very profound documentary on Elvis Presley. Um, But it's interesting because I have those thoughts in my head, especially in my middle age. Why do I do the things I do? What am I looking for? What am I hoping to achieve? And is it right? Is it wrong? I mean, I I think that's a middle-aged way of thinking, probably. I think if you're healthy, I think you're thinking that. Here's what shocks me. So when we started this, um, this is episode nine. So it's not a lot of episodes, but episode one, two, and three, we're really talking about the film. If you had told me back in episode one that within eight episodes, we would be talking philosophy, Buddhism, sharing, you know, our own personal journeys and all this other stuff. I'd been like, okay, you're full of shit. Um, we're talking <laughs> about an animated film or TV series, Cowboy Bebop of all things. There is no way that it's a, a cartoon sh- for Christ's sake. Yeah, there's no way that this cartoon is going to elicit these type of conversations. But uh, 18 episodes later, and and or 18 sessions later, and nine episodes of this podcast, and we're sitting here talking about the universal truth. That that is mind blowing to me. Yeah, well, I think it's what all good art does, right? Yeah, yeah. And- and then I get to thinking about like, how did that tape miraculously find her through the galaxy? Because there's a journey that they go through with this tape that they describe it went through some prison, which is gross that the tape went through prison. Nothing sure is ever lost, man. Nothing yeah. is ever lost. Exactly. Exactly. But you're like, did someone know something that she was, I don't know cryogenically frozen and wanted to get it to her after she was dethawed and, uh, and, uh, not smelling like, uh, (laughs) Oh, here we go. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever. But like, you know, like then there's things like that. It's like how, 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 cause we know that this universe is big, um, but you can travel really fast, but still to find her in this place and have it delivered, it just, it, you know, again, like nothing is ever lost. And it's crazy to think about that and to think about Buddhist stuff. Cause I never, I, I'm not smart enough to even think about that stuff. Um, but when you said it, I'm like, holy shit, like that is <laughs> profound. Is. It is. Uh, this, this episode's profound. Well, it's and, also, and, I mean, it's also the analogy of you never really can run from your past. It, it always, mm-hmm. your past catches up to you, it's always there. Yeah. Um, it might not catch up with you in a bad way, but it'll yeah. always catch up with you in some way, shape or form. And and it's the cause effect thing too. I mean, think of it this way that she had to get into this uh, family. Let's call it a family. So she had to get with jet spike, Ed, Ein. she I, had to I totally agree. That's what it is. Yeah. She had to get to this family in order for that tape to find her. So that tape would not have found her had she not found this family first. So I think that leads into that third portion of the cause and effect, meaning the fact that she finds these people means that that tape finds her because nothing's lost. And so again, if, if I were doing a lecture 
at uh, wherever and going, we're, we're going to go through Buddhism, but we're going to start with, you know, episode 18 of Cowboy Bebop. Here you go. Um, yeah. People will be like, what is wrong with this guy? Yeah. I, but I, <laughs> I may be totally off base here. And if anybody's I listening, I don't think you are. Yeah. I, if anybody's I, I, listening and they're like, Troy, you were apparently taking some of the shrooms with Ein in, in the last episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah. no, I, I think, I think it's all there, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you're, I don't think you're off. I can just uh, convince you that Halloween kills is uh, you're never ever going to convince me is a mega movie. Uh, uh, <laughs> does, does evil die tonight? <laughs> no, evil no, it doesn't. Tonight. It doesn't. It doesn't, no, it doesn't. because nothing's ever lost. Yeah. And they're making a third one. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So on, on that deep, uh, philosophical note, I think we're going to call it for uh, <laughs> Speak Like a Child, because uh, that one is, uh, boy, doozy. heavy, 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 heavy. Um, so for next episode, we will be talking about session uh, 19, Wild Horses, and session 20, which is some French words that I'm not even going to try because I will embarrass myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can look it up. Um <laughs> So, uh, Troy, we are smack dab in the middle. Oh, well, not actually, in the middle. We're at the end of Spooktober. We're cheating a little bit, and we're going to release one last one on Tuesday. Uh, I think that's the second November second. Uh, November second. Yeah. Uh, what are we doing, and why? And why? Because <laughs> <laughs> we like spooky movies, and when we looked at the schedule, we we usually record on a Sunday, and uh, Sunday this year is Halloween. You know, Specifically, we like Spooky Mask. Yes. Uh, so we decided let's squeeze that one more in there because we got an extra Sunday. And uh, we're going <laughs> to, speaking of Halloween, the franchise, everybody else is talking about Halloween Kills. We're like, well, let's pick the movie that doesn't have Michael Myers that bombed. And um, we're, we're going to bring our good friend Josh from the VHS Files podcast on. And we're going to talk Halloween 3, Season Season's- of the Warlock, uh, which. Season of the Witch. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Better yep. than Halloween Kills. Be- uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I think, I think so. Halloween 3 is just – talk about a goofy film that's just out there. There you go. It's, it's Three more days to Halloween. Yeah. It's a bonkers movie. Uh, I don't think Halloween Kills was going for that. but no. <laughs> Really? Was it? Cause it, it well, some, it kind of succeeded in doing that. Yeah. Right, I mean, some Halloween three references in Halloween Kills. If you think about the Halloween franchise in general, Part three is weird. Rob Zombie's Halloween two is bonkers. Halloween Kills is bonkers. (laughs) Yeah, it's got some bonkers films in its franchise history. So, um, I never thought I'd appreciate those Rob Zombie films. Boy, hey, I'll say this: of of these scary franchises, I'll give Halloween this. It definitely tries to do something every once in a while it tries to do something different um so regardless of my thinking halloween kills is hot garbage i do appreciate that it was trying to do something different just like i appreciate halloween 2 rob zombies one and halloween 3 um halloween uh 6 which was the resurrection one or something i don't know where where he's he's a druid right um, but I, I love all that stuff. I, I love the fact that it's just trying to do things different. Paul Rudd. Isn't Paul Rudd in six? Yeah. 
That yeah. was, that was uh, Donald Pleasant's last one. No, I thought his was five. Wasn't his five? No, it was uh, Re- uh, Halloween six, wasn't it? I don't know. My wife's in the background looking for her witch's broomstick and hat. Uh oh. <laughs> There's a joke there. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to make I'm it. I'm too scared to say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she left. Sammy, make the joke. Make the joke. Uh, Sammy, uh, what's, uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Um, nothing much. Still on sabbatical um, and still trying to work out scheduling and stuff. It's yep. not easy. You'll be back in November for uh, post. Well, actually, I know two weeks we're doing. uh, (laughs) So November, what Brad and I decided to do was still podcasting quite often. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) there's there's a list of um, what Brad recommendations that came through over the last year. And Mm -hmm. we were looking through these bombs and Brad and I had a discussion one day. I'm like, hey, I've never seen this film. And we came up with four that kind of percolated to the top. And we're like. Hey, I really want to see these two and you pick two. So our theme in November are sort of recommendations that came our way of bombs that we've never seen. Yeah, so, both of us have never seen. So yeah. These are all new watches for us. So that'd be that'd be cool. Uh, yeah. and then we have something for December lined up and then something for January lined up. And then I believe February we're getting uh, no. Yep, February is the uh yeah, February's got something special. Oh boy, that one's gonna be fun. But um, March is the when we get back to just doing whatever we want. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the film lover in me, by the way, I'm not gonna say what that movie is because I know you guys don't re- announce what you're covering until the week of. Um, but the film lover in me, you guys send me this list, and of course, I'm like, I got a lot to say about that one. That one. <laughs> <laughs> Show up everyone. Um, It'd be awesome. So I actually, so for everybody knows for the record, I, I, I signed up for two other episodes. Yeah. And then kind of just said, I wouldn't mind talking about that one. And they're like, oh, you're in. Like, okay. So, you know. Yep. Yeah. So if you guys want to hear me, I'll be around Brad and Troy quite a bit yeah. over the next, for the rest of the year. Yes. yes I was going to say, we, we've got a fun lineup, but yeah, it'll, it'll be cool. And then um, I think in a week or two. Uh, the episode that we did for the Ein sequel is coming out. So um, he recorded a Halloween episode that was going to be published first. And then the one that we did for the Chronicles of Riddick is coming out after that. But um, we're, we're going to have him on as well uh, here pretty soon because um, that was, that was a blast. We, we had so much fun recording. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So gentlemen, thanks for joining me for this deep philosophical uh, discussion. I learned a lot about Buddhism. I'm gonna go light some incense. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go have a mushroom. Clean my, <laughs> please. Yes. Clean yes, my. Yes. Clean the uh, the cream cheese off my mushroom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. Lord. Okay. Well, on that note, uh, thank you for joining me, Troy and Sammy. Have a good one. See you, Space Cowboy. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> <laughs>